0: Thank you for tuning in to Dream City Omaha Online. We hope you like this message and that has an impact on your life. Don't forget to like and subscribe for more. Well, uh, everybody say January 4th. January 4th. What are we doing? Wednesday, January 4th. We're beginning our discipleship classes. And uh, from what I heard, we have two classes. That one, One is John Bevere. One is Dobie Weasel. Hey. Come on now. John Bevere or Dobie Weasel? Yeah. Holy Spirit or personal evangelism? Uh, I want to encourage you to come out. This is a shameless plug. And in fact, this entire message is going to be a shameless plug. When I found out I was teaching up against John Bevere, I said, I've got to get the first 25 people. And so... uh, so at any rate, at any rate, uh, today I just want to say thank you. I want to say, uh, Pastor John, uh, he's already said thank you, but I want to say thank you uh, on on their behalf and on behalf of the staff. Uh, church, you are amazing. Thank you so much for your gifts. Thank you for your love uh, for my children and Jamie's children, and uh, and we just we 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 love them. And, and I've said it again. Uh, I mean, I've said it before. I'll say it again and again and again. Um, this just it's my heart. Uh, They are uh, top-notch, number one um, pastors and and leaders, and I've said it, and I'll say it again, like I said, um, just for me, uh, I believe that uh, Pastor John and Angel are, are much better pastors than I ever was, and much better leaders, and you don't see uh, their leadership behind closed doors, but I see it on a daily basis. And uh, they have done such a great job in leading this church and and are doing such a great job in leading the church. And I just want to say uh, thank you for loving them. Thank you for praying for them. Thank you for supporting them. Thank you for your gifts for Christmas to their family. Uh, it blesses me. And again, just love you guys so much. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. If you have your Bibles and want to turn there, we're going to look at Acts 26 today. Uh, Acts 26, we're going to be talking about uh, the Apostle Paul. And, um, and, and how many of you enjoy, have enjoyed reading through the Bible? Yes. Yeah? Have you enjoyed that? I've enjoyed it. And, and, and here's the thing. If, you didn't, if you've enjoyed that this year, don't stop. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Come on. Now that you know you can do it, and now that you've done it, keep doing it. Just keep that, keep that plan on your, uh, on your phone. Keep that plan on your computer, on your iPad, however you do it. Keep that on your, uh, on your device and, and just start it up again this next year. Uh, we're not going to be preaching through it, but that doesn't mean you can't read through the Bible again, right? Just make that your personal goal. Read the scripture, read the Bible through every year. Uh, that, that'll help you out uh acts chapter twenty six before i get into uh, before i get into the word today uh, i need to give you my bad dad joke right right hey didn't didn't pastor kevin do such an amazing job last week right and uh and 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 so so i was just uh, i was just reminded uh this this week that i need to uh, i need to give you a, a bad dad joke so i've been i've been looking for it i've been i've been searching i've been studying i've been trying to trying to come up with something that, that that's better than pastor john's uh, marinara and uh, and Pastor Pastor Kevin's uh, gladiator and, and I, I I don't think I've done it. I just want to let you know, but uh, but being that I haven't done it and I've got we've got this week we're not having church next week. Uh, I'm just going to give you a couple Christmas uh, bad dad jokes. Is that okay? All right, all right. So uh, so the first one is uh, where wh- wh- what was my joke here? Uh, uh, so so the first one is first one is uh, what's the best Christmas present? A broken drum, you can't beat it. Hey, I told you, I told you it's pretty lame. Uh, uh, second, second one, uh, and these are the best ones that I came up with, are the best ones that I found. Uh, the, the second one is, uh, uh, how much did it cost Santa when he went to buy his sleigh? Nothing, it was on the house. Hey, you can use that, I'll be around all week, Hallelujah. Father, we love you, we thank you for today, thank you for Christmas, thank you for Pastor John, thank you for this church, thank you, God, for your goodness. We love you, and we just ask you to bless this time we have today in Jesus' name, and all God's people said amen, amen, and amen. amen. As I was preparing uh, for this message, uh, I was reminding, uh, reminded of a situation uh, which took place in my life when I was about 17 years old, and uh, it's been a long, long time, but I was, I was 17, uh, I was sleeping in as a lot of seventeen year olds do on a saturday morning and uh, and i I remember hearing this noise outside my bedroom window i I remember hearing this thud thud, 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 and I remember hearing voices beginning to 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 yell out and uh, Others beginning to scream, and I, I knew there was a commotion going on outside the house. Didn't know, obviously, what it was. I got up, looked out the window, and I could see there was a crowd gathering outside the house just out in the street. And so I got up, threw some clothes on, went out, and as I, as I went out, the, 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 the banging and the thud was still going on, and I looked across the street only to see my mother in her house coat. With an axe, pounding on the side of somebody's house, on the side of our neighbor's house, actually the disjarli 's house. And as I looked out of our of our front door, I could see smoke billowing out of their house. Now, my mother was a public health nurse for the last thirty five years of her life. She had she she had uh, I, I want to say ministered, but uh, and, and I guess I could use that word. She administered to a young lady uh, who was. Uh, in that house, her name was Mary DeJarlie. Mary was in her mid-twenties, I suppose. Mary was a special needs uh, individual. And mom had gone over to their house on several occasions and had, uh, and had helped Mary with some, with some, with some things. And, and so mom had a special place in her heart for Mary. Well, that morning, as, as she heard what was going on and she saw that there was a fire in their house, uh, the parents had already come out. Mary was still in her room. Mom knew where Mary's room was. And so she grabbed an ax out of our porch, and, and when I looked out, I could see her banging on the side of that house, trying to, trying to get in to save Mary, to help Mary, to rescue Mary. And as I saw what was going on, I ran over there to see what I could do to help my mom. About that time, the, 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 the firemen showed up, and, uh, and, and, and they took over, and, and, and that day, uh, Mary, Mary died. She died of smoke inhalation, and uh, I can remember going back into the house that day as, as all of the hubbub was over, and, 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 and the firemen uh, uh, retrieved Mary's body, and they took her away uh, to, the, to the hospital, I suppose, to see if she could be revived or whatever, and, uh, and I, can remember, I can remember walking with my mom back into the house, and as my mom came into the house, she was broken, she was sobbing. She sat down at the table, she put her hands, her head in her hands, and she just, I don't know, for the longest time, she just sat there and wept and wept and wept. I thought about that situation today as, uh, as, as I was thinking about this message, and many of us, I think, have felt not quite that same frustration, but we have felt frustrated in the fact that there are people that we know, people that we are related to, people that we live with, people that, people that are our neighbors, our friends, people that are our coworkers that we know are in spiritual straits. We know that they are in trouble. We know that their home is on fire. We can see the smoke billowing out of their windows. We know that they need to be rescued, but, but we just, like my mom, we haven't been equipped we we, we, we we don't have the right tools i mean i think I think maybe my mom would would have done better had she had a had she had a uh, a chainsaw and and been able to been able to saw through the side of that house. My mom would have done better had she been trained uh, in, in 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 fire rescue. But obviously, my mom couldn't do that, and so she left it up to the up to the professionals. And I think sometimes there are people that we know that need to be rescued, and so we look at ourselves and we say, you know what? I don't have the skill set. I haven't been trained. I don't have the tools in order to to rescue the people around me. So we'll. I'll just I'll just leave it up to the professionals. I'll just leave it up to the professional preachers. I'll leave it up to Pastor John. I'll leave it up to Pastor Dolby. I'll leave it up to the television preacher or whatever it might be. And we think, I'll go ahead and just allow somebody else to do it. But this year, what we want to do is we want to give you the right tools. This year, we want to give you the proper training. We want to equip you to reach your friends, to reach your neighbors, because there are people you can reach that I can never reach. There are people that will listen to you that will never listen to me. And this year what we want to do is we want to equip you to reach the people that you can reach. How many of you know at least one person that needs Jesus? Come on, let me see your hands. You know somebody. If you don't know anybody that needs Jesus, you need to get out a little bit more. Come on, somebody. You need to go somewhere where there aren't any Christians. You need, to, you need to get out of the church realm and get somewhere where people need Jesus. Go to the bar. Do, I'm just kidding. Don't do that. But 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 get out from get out from your 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 environs and get to a place where people need Jesus. Join 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 a, a gym. There are sinners at the gym. Hello. Join a, join, join a car club, join a, join a golf league, join, join, get, get around some people that you know don't know Jesus. I have a friend by the name of Landon Wrinkle. Now, if you know Landon, you know Landon is the most positive guy that you can get around. I love Landon because when I get around Landon, I feel good about myself. How many of you how many of you know someone like that when they walk in the room the room just lights up when they leave you just feel like you can conquer the world right and landon's one of those kind of people landon will walk in a room and i and i and i love it when he when he comes in because he'll look at you and he'll say hey winner and he'll greet you with that greeting every time hey winner and uh, and, and today I just want to I want to encourage you This this next year, you're going to be a winner. You're going to be a winner. You're going to be a winner of souls, amen? You're going to be somebody. I, I, I believe that this year... As we, as we prepare you, as we give you the, the tools, as we equip you, uh, there are friends, there are family members, there are neighbors, there are people in your mind right now that you know need Jesus, and I'm believing with you that this next year, at this time, they're going to come to know Jesus Christ, amen? And it's so, uh, so as we look at this, the central message, I believe, of Christmas is that Jesus came into the world to save people from their sins. Yeah. Can I say that again? Yeah. The central message of Christmas, as we put up the lights, as we put up the trees, as we buy the gifts, as we, as we decorate the church, as we do all of the things that we do during Christmas, let's not forget that the central message of Christmas is that Jesus came into the world to save sinners, right? The scripture says that Gabriel spoke to Joseph and said, Mary shall bring forth a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. The angel said to the shepherds, "I bring you good news of great joy, for unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior. Somebody say a Savior. See, see, winning people to Christ isn't just a message of Christmas. I believe winning people to to, to, to the Lord is the message of the whole Bible. Because the Bible says the Son of Man came to seek and to save that which was lost. The first thing Jesus said to the disciples was, come, follow me. I'll make you fishers of men. The last thing he said was, go and preach the gospel unto every creature. I'm here to say that the disciples spoke it. John said, God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believe in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Peter said... God's not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Paul said, Jesus came into the world to save sinners of whom I am chief. It's it's, it's the message of the entire Bible. God said to Abraham, through you all nations on earth will be blessed. Peter clarified it in Acts chapter 3 when he said, God sent his son Jesus to bless you by turning you from your wicked ways. Isaiah said, in the year that Uzziah died, I saw the Lord high and lifted up, and he said, whom shall we send, and who will go? And he said, Lord, here am I. Send me. I'm here to tell you that the prophets talked about salvation. The disciples talked about salvation. Jesus preached salvation. The angels declared salvation. It's time for the church to rise up and to realize God has called us also to proclaim that Jesus still saves. He still heals. He still Still delivers. He's still an answer for a dark world. So today, today as we as we look at the scripture, a couple of weeks ago John spoke about the love of God, and what an amazing message! It reminded me how much God loves me, but it it, it it caused me to think how much God loves the world. Last week, Pastor Kevin spoke about the good news, the gospel, and so today. The one thing Kevin spoke of was the gospel. The one thing Pastor Pastor John spoke of was the love of God. Today, I just want to talk to you about one thing. And the one thing I want to talk to you about is soul winning. I want us to explore the subject of evangelism. Somebody say evangelism. I know uh, it's an odd subject for, for Christmas, but yet as we take a look at Acts 26 today, it's exactly what Paul was all about. Paul shares his testimony in Acts chapter 26 before a guy by the name of Agrippa. Paul is on trial. Paul has been arrested. Paul is in prison. And Paul is waiting to go to Rome where eventually he'll be executed. He'll give his life for Jesus. And in Acts 26, we see him before Agrippa and he shares his testimony. And today I wanna share with you that you have a story that somebody needs to hear. And you can evangelize. You can share your faith with your friends, with your family because, because they need to hear it. Amen? Now, before we get into the word, um, I, want to, uh, I, I want to remind you that, you know, God has called us all to be evangelists. I know, I know sometimes we take a look and we look at the evangelist the guy, you know, whether, whether whether it's the guy that's traveling, the guy that used to set up a tent, or the guy that was on television, whatever, and we go, oh, that's an evangelist, that's a special gift. I don't have that gift, so we'll leave that up to them. The word evangelism, it basically just means a bringer of good news. And God has called us all to bring good news. How I many of you understand people need good news? There are a lot of bad news in this world, and people need good news. And so God has called us, and, and they say that only 10% of people in the church actually have the gift of evangelism, but, but let's not leave it up to the 10%. Let's realize that God has called us all to share our faith with our friends, with our family, because everybody needs Jesus. Amen? Amen. So we're commissioned. Some say we're commissioned. Turn to your neighbor, tell them you're a winner. Yeah, turn to your other neighbor, tell them you're a winner too. We're, we're all winners. We're all called to be soul winners. We're all commissioned to bring good news to others. How many, how many of you glad somebody brought good news to you? you remember where you were before Jesus found you? Do you remember the darkness you were in? Do you remember how it felt to have the weight of sin bearing down upon you? I do, and I'm glad somebody brought me the good news. God wants us all to be bringers of good news. So today, we're going to take a look at why we should bring good news and ways we can bring good news to others. Because again, this is just a shameless plug, right? I mean, on Wednesday nights, we're going to unpack this a little bit more. We're going to talk about how we can do this better, how we can, how we can get into the nitty-gritty of sharing our faith, uh, but I just, I just want to today take my opportunity and share with you how that God has called us all to be bringers of good news. So, 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 so two things, why should we bring the good news and ways we can bring the good news. And so first of all, why should we bring the good news? Pastor, Pastor Kevin last week said we need to bring the good news because there's bad news, Right? I mean, good news will never be good news until you realize that there's some bad news. And there is bad news. I can remember the first time that I went to church. I've told, said this, I've told this story before, but I'll, I'll just mention it briefly today. I was five years old, sitting home on a Sunday morning, watching, watching cartoons, got a knock on the door, opened the door, and there was a church lady at the door. She asked if anybody wanted to go to church. I'm sitting there looking at this lady I'd never met uh, asking me this question if anybody and, and I, heard a, I heard a voice behind me saying, "Yeah, there are people in this, in this house want to go to church." And it was the voice of my mom, not realizing that the person who was going to church was me. She got me dressed, wiped the, the stuff out of my eyes, shoved me out the door, and I got on the bus with all the other church or street urchins that day. Took us to church. Some of you have had this experience. Took us in the basement of the church. They gave us Kool-Aid and, 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 and cookies. And uh, I remember singing songs I'd never sang, never heard, but they were cool songs like, he's got the whole world in his hands, right? I may never march in the infantry, ride in the cavalry, shoot the artillery, but I was in the Lord's army. And, uh, and, 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 and so that day, they had a memory verse. And that memory verse was Hebrews 9.27. And Hebrews 9.27 says that it's appointed unto man once to die, but after this the judgment. That will freak a five-year-old out. Especially if you don't give the rest of the story, right? I mean, and, and they didn't give me the good news. They just gave me the bad news. It's appointed unto man once to die, but after this, the judgment. And for the next 15 years, basically, that haunted me. That dogged me. I mean, I'd be smoking weed thinking I was going to die and go to hell. Hello? I'd be in a bar, and that, and that, and that, and that verse would come, knock on. It's appointed unto man once to die. After I knew I was going to stand before God. I was going to be judged and go to a place called hell. Hello? And that was bad news. And there's bad news. Pastor Kevin, last week, he talked about the book of Romans, and he talked about how that there's bad news and there's good news. And there's a verse in in, in the book of Romans, which is really an interesting verse. And and, and the Bible says that Jesus is going to come, and he's going to reveal the secrets of men, the secrets of our hearts. And that verse is an interesting verse because it has this concept of a man who, who takes something who does something that he shouldn't do that he shouldn't have taken he he has this thing in his life and he takes this thing and he brings it into a secret place let's say he brings it into his house and as he brings it into his house he shuts the door and he locks the door in his house he takes it, and he goes into his basement, and he walks down to the stairs, and he finds a secret closet in his basement, and he goes into that room. And as he goes into that room, there's a safe in that room, and he opens it up, and he puts this thing in that safe, and he locks the safe, and he locks the door, and he comes up, and he locks the door at the top of his stairs, and he thinks everything's okay. And the Bible says that one day God's going to come and he's going to reveal the secrets of men. The idea of that is Jesus has the key. Jesus knows what's in the safe. And one day he's going to come, and he's going to open up your front door. He's going to walk into your living room. He's going to open up the door leading down to the basement. He's going to walk down into the basement. He's going to open up the closet. He's going to he's going to uh, take your safe and open it up, and he's going to bring that thing out for everyone to see. Now I don't know about you, but that causes me to shake in my boots. That's bad news. Why? Because all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. There are things in our lives that we wouldn't want anybody to see and we wouldn't want anybody to know. That's bad news. And the good news isn't good news until you realize that there's some bad news. And, sir, there is some bad news. One day, Jesus, just like he came the first time, is coming again. And he came meek and mild as a child in a manger. But this next time, he's coming as the King of kings and the Lord of lords, and he's going to judge the earth. And if you're not ready, that's bad news. But the good news, hallelujah, is the grace of God. Is the love of God, is the forgiveness of God, is the mercy of God. That's why the good news is so good. Hallelujah. Because there's some bad news. And if I'm going to, if, if uh, I realize that people need Jesus, I'll share the good news because I realize there's some bad news. And, and, and why should we share the gospel? Because there's bad news. Why should we share the gospel? Simply out of obedience because Jesus said to do it. And I'll do anything Jesus said to do just because Jesus said to do it. I give because Jesus said to do it. I love people because Jesus said to do it. If Jesus told me to stand on my head, I'd stand on my head. Hello? Come on, somebody. He's the master. I'm the servant. He calls the shots. I simply obey. That's what it means to serve God. I'm not my own. I'm bought with a price. I have to do what he... And Jesus said, if you love me, you obey me. Right? Oh, hey, preach on, Pastor. And so, and, and so, and so we, uh, I share the good news because, because there's bad news. I share the good news because, because I want to be obedient. I share the good news because I love God. I love God and God loves people. And because God loves people, I love people. Mm. What a thought, right? God loves the person under the bridge today. God loves. The 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 gay couple down the street. God loves the 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 Republican that you can't that you that, that you can't stomach. God loves the Democrat that you can't stomach. God loves God loves everybody. Hello, yes. come on somebody. Yes. I know I'm getting a little close to where you're living this morning, but 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 if 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 God loves them, hey, I love them too. Yes. One of the one of the things that, that my wife and I decided a long time ago is whoever my, our, our children love, we're going to love, whether we like them or not. So, Angel, we love you, <laughs> and we like you, and we always have. We got stories. We got stories. I'm not going to tell them. But we got some stories. And 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 I love things my wife loves because I love my wife. Right? Right. There's a there's a member of our household. I think we got a picture of him. We got we got a picture. <laughs> yeah. Did you hear my wife? Oh, look how cute he is. You may not be able to see it, but down here on the right, on the right, on the bottom it says, I love my mom. This is George. We've had George nearly two years. My wife loves George. Every night when we go to bed, George gets up from his bed, which is in our room. He gets up and he looks at us. Now, I've been laying in bed for 10 minutes. He knows not to look at me because he knows I'm going to look at him and go, lay down. But as soon as she gets in bed, he sits up and looks at us, ears up, because he knows. If he sits there and looks at her, she's going to, and he's going to jump on the bed. And when he does, what do I say? No, 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 not over here. Thank God we have a king size bed. I have my eighth of the bed, and her and George have seven-eighths of the bed. But I pick up this guy's doo-doo. I feed this guy. Where did he go? I feed this guy every day, twice a day, 8 o'clock in the morning, 6 o'clock at night. Who's feeding? Me. Do you feed him? No. No. Once in a blue moon, this handsome boy gets fed by his mom. I'm picking up his stuff. I'm putting up with him on the bed. I'm feeding him every day. Yeah, a couple days ago, you talk about a 100 degree below zero. I mean, I'm out there walking him, freezing my blessed assurance off. The wind is blowing, and I'm saying, what am I doing walking this dog? I don't walk this dog because I love this dog. I don't feed this dog because I love this dog. It may sound like I'm mad at this dog, and maybe on the inside I might be. No, I'm not. I, 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 I love him, but I don't love him because, because there's something inside. I love him because she loves him. And because she loves him, I'll walk him every day. I'll feed him every day. I'll pick up his stuff. I'll put up with his itching and his scratching and his all of the stuff. And his going out and coming in and going out and coming in. I'll do it gladly. Why? Because I like him? No. I love this woman right here. I would stand in front of a bus and push her out of the way. I would take a bullet. Why? Because I love my wife. And because I love my wife, I love my dog. Hello, somebody. And because I love Jesus, I'll love the person across the street. Because I love Jesus, I'll love the homosexual that I don't agree with. Because I love Jesus, I'll love somebody in the other party. Because I love Jesus, I'll love people. So we love God because we, we love people because we love God. We love people because we want to be obedient. We love people because there's bad news. God's coming. And we're going to stand before God, people. And we're going to give an account so, so, so then how do you do it? How do you, how do you share your faith? Very quickly, I know I've been, I know I'm going on and on, but hey, just a couple of things, okay? A couple of ways to share your faith, okay? I, I, I think sometimes, sometimes we think there's only one way to share your faith, but there are all kinds of ways you can share your faith, okay? Not just one way. Let me give you just a couple of, couple of ways you can share your faith. Num- number one, we can share our faith by, through confrontation, Right? And that's okay. There's nothing nothing wrong with just laying it out there and telling people, "Hey, there's a heaven, there's a hell. We're all sinners. You need Jesus." They told me that. Hello. And I realized I was a sinner and I gave my life to Jesus. And and there's a there, there's a place and there are people who can do that. Not everybody can do that, but some people can do that. Some people can be the Peter in Acts chapter 3 that stands up and say, this same Jesus who you crucified, God has made him Lord in Christ. Repent and believe, and people will, will, will come to yeah. Right? There's a place for that. I have a friend in Phoenix, Arizona, which I wish I was right now. He has this method of evangelism. I don't don't recommend it for everybody, but he has this method of evangelism. He'll go down to a park. He'll see some children playing, and he'll ask them, do you live close? And and if they live close, he'll say, are your parents home? Yes. Can can you take me to meet your parents? The little kids will take them. And and he said, oftentimes, he'll walk into a house, and, and, and it'll be full of people. And he'll say, hey, my name's so-and-so, and, and, and I met your children in the park. I asked them if they'd bring me to meet you. And so I just want to introduce you, myself to you, and I just want to share a scripture with you, if that's okay. He said, he said and oftentimes, oftentimes, they're Hispanic families. And uh, he said, Hispanic families are open to the gospel. He said, so, so can I share a scripture with you? And, and, and they say, yeah, sure, sure. And so, and so he says, I, I, I normally share Revelation 20, verse 15. He said, Revelation 20, verse 15 says that whosoever was not written in the, in, in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. And he reads it. Revelation 20, 15 says that whosoever was not found in the Lamb's book of life was cast in the lake of fire. And he says, is, is your name in the Lamb's book of life? Do you know your name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life, sir? Do you know your name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life? Do you know your name? Good, good. How about you? And he goes through the entire room. Do you know your name is written? Do you know your name is written? Do you know your name is written? And when it's all said and done, he says, "Do you? would you like to know your name is written? Come on. That's confrontational evangelism. It doesn't work on everybody, but it worked on me. Not everybody can do it, but some people can do it, right? And so we have confrontational evangelism. We have relational. See, 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 I I think I would be more, more comfortable with confrontation. My wife is more comfortable with relational evangelism, which basically means befriend somebody. Go. Work out. Go spot somebody. Go, 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 go. Find something in common. Befriend somebody. Develop a relationship. And as you develop a relationship, through that relationship, you'll be able to share your faith. And then, then, then there's uh, there's intellectual evangelism. Intellectual evangelism is what Paul did in, uh, in in the book of Acts on on Mars Hill when he when he said, "I see that you have this." statue to the unknown God. Let me tell you who the unknown God is. And, and so, so he uses his mind to build bridges into that community. And through his, his, his intellect, he shares, and, and I wouldn't say that was for everybody, but there are some that can share their faith through intellect. Who, who, Jordan Peterson, if you've ever listened to Jordan Peterson, he shares scriptural principles, and he is the, one of the most intellectual men that you'll listen to, and yet he says it in such a way that you just have to say, the man's right, right? Right? And so there's, so there's intellectual evangelism. There's relational evangelism. There's invitational evangelism. What, what, what's that? That's the woman who, who talks to Jesus at the well. She goes back into her community. She says, hey, come see a man that told me everything I've ever done. So it's, it's the invitational style. And many of you, you do that. You, you invite people to church. You invite people to events, and that's okay. And then there's the service style. The Bible says of Dorcas in the book of Acts that Many people came when she died because she had, she had served her community well. And so, so serving people is, is another way that you build bridges into that community. But, but today, today I want to talk to you just, just for a moment about that final, that final style, which is testimonial, which is what Paul did, right? Paul stood before Agrippa. And like the man who was born blind and Jesus healed him and they brought him before the, before the, the Pharisees and they said, they, they said, are you the man? He said, yeah, I was born blind. They said, they said, what about Jesus? He said, I don't know about Jesus. Here's what I know. I was blind, but now I see, right? See, and that's your testimony. And some of you, you were blind. Hey, listen, we were all blind. And thank God Jesus touched our eyes. And, 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 and this is what Paul's doing in Acts chapter, in Acts chapter 26. I mean, he's, he's standing before Agrippa the king. He's been arrested, he's been in, in, in prison for two years under Roman control, and they bring him before King Agrippa and Bernice his, Bernice his, his sister, and, and they want to know Paul's story. So, what does Paul say? Here's what he says I'll just read you a couple of, couple of verses. He says in verse 2 King Agrippa, I consider myself fortunate to stand before you today as I make my defense against all the accusations of the Jews. Now look at this, verse three. Therefore, I beg you to listen to me patiently. The Jewish people all know the way I've lived ever since I was a child. From the beginning of my life in my own country and also in Jerusalem. Verse five, they've known me for a long time. They can testify if they're willing that I conformed to the strictest sect of our religion. I lived as a Pharisee. So what is he, what, what is he doing? He's pointing back and he's saying, he's saying, Agrippa, this is who I was. This is what I used to be. In verse 9, I was convinced that I ought to do everything to oppose the name of Jesus. It's what I did in Jerusalem. On the authority of the chief priests, I put many of the Lord's people in prison. And when they were put to death, I cast my vote against him, talking about Stephen. And many times, I went from one synagogue to another to have them punished. I tried to force them to blaspheme. I was so obsessed with persecuting them that I even hunted them down in foreign, foreign cities. So he's saying, hey, this is who I was. I was a blasphemer. I was a persecutor. I was a religious man. I did it from my childhood, and this is who I was. And then he changes it. And he goes from being this is who I was to this is what happened. And he says in verse verse 12, on one of these journeys, I was going to Damascus. About noon, King Agrippa, verse 13, I was on the road. I saw a light from heaven brighter than the sun was blazing around me, and my companions, we all fell to the ground, and I heard a voice saying to me, Saul, why are you persecuting me? And I said, Lord, who are you? Verse 15. He said, I'm Jesus, whom you're persecuting. He said, now get up on your feet. I've appeared to you to appoint you as a servant and as a witness. In verse 17, I'm sending you to them to open their eyes and turn them from darkness to light and from the power of Satan to the power of God. And then down in verse 19, so I stand here and testify to the small and the great alike. O King Agrippa. What is he saying? This is how I used to be. One day, this is what happened to me. And now here's what I'm like. I can't, I can't not testify. I can't shut up about Jesus. Jesus is the is, is the dearest thing to my soul. You 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 pinch me, you you poke me, Jesus is gonna come on out. You push me, Jesus is gonna come on out. You talk to me, Jesus is gonna come on out. Why? Because I was blind over here, I was bound over here, I was this way, and I met Jesus on a road, and he changed my life, and now here the way I am. Hallelujah. I used to be bound, but now I'm free. I used to be blind, but now I see. This is what's happened in my life. Oh, listen, y'all have a testimony. You just need to learn how to share it. How, what are you going to do? I'm going to teach you how to share it. I'm going to give you some tools. I'm going to put some, some tools in your tool belt, help you win some people to Jesus because there's a, there's a, there's a brother you know that needs Jesus more than anything else. And he's tried all the alcohol, he's tried all the drugs, he's messed up in so many ways. And you know who I'm talking about. You know the person that's in your mind right now. He's bound right. He might even be in jail right now, but Jesus is going to set him free. And by this time next year, he's going to be in the kingdom. His name's going to be written in the Lamb's book of life. He's going to be saved. Why? Because God has given you a testimony. This is how I was. This is what happened. This is how I am now. My son Jacob and I, do I have a few more minutes? What time, what time is it? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I got an hour and a half left. <laughs> I'm closing. I'm close. My son and I went hunting in Montana this year. We went hunting elk. We we're in the mountains of Montana. I'm not ashamed. Yes, I am. I got lost. You laughed way too loud. I did. We went out there. My brother dropped us off at the, uh, on top of this mountain. He said, uh, he, he, "He said, there's a watering hole down here. The elk should come in in the evening. Dropped us off in the afternoon. So we walked down into that valley, and there's a creek that runs into a watering hole. And then on the other side, it empties out. And uh, it's, it's more of a dry creek bed now because, uh, because, because it was really dry. And so, so what he did is he said, here's what we're going to do. We're going to drop you off up here. Walk down to the watering hole. I'll park the, 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 the four-wheeler down at the bottom. And so we knew where it was going to be. And so we did. We went. We hiked down there. Set up by the watering hole. All afternoon, nothing came. Evening, nightfall. We, when there was no more shooting light, we got up and we decided, okay, let's go back to the, to, the, to, the, to the four-wheeler. And we knew it was just going to be there by itself. Keys were going to be in it. We knew where it was. We had been there before. And so we're walking through that dry creek bed. As we're walking through that dry creek bed, the creek bed takes a right. And we're walking, and we're walking, and we're walking, and we're walking. And one of us says, we should be there by now. And the other one says, yeah, I think you're right. And one of them says, well, maybe the creek bed split and we didn't see it. And we took a right and there's a mountain in between us and where we should be. What should we do? Should we back up and try to find where it split or should we just keep going? Let's just keep going. So we kept going. Another 10 minutes, another 20 minutes, another, another half hour. We didn't get there. Finally, it's late, and it's getting cold. Why don't, we just, why don't we just go this way, climb up the mountain. If we climb up the mountain, maybe we'll hit the, hit the mountain road because we know that that's where it is. But if we're over here and we climb up the mountain, we're just going to be on top of a mountain. We're going to have to come down a mountain to find the real mountain. What do we do? I don't know. Let's sit down and and, and think about it. So we sit down, and I laid down, and I was tired. We were both tired. Now, my brother had just shown us some pictures of mountain lions that had been killed in that area recently, four of them, a family of them. And there was all kinds of mountain lions in that area. <laughs> and we, before, as we were walking, we heard something move. Listen, when it's dark and when you're lost, a squirrel becomes a mountain lion. <laughs> and so we decided we're going to sit down. So we sat down, I laid down and it is cold in the mountains. And we don't have big coats. We don't have blankets. We don't have. We we can't. We're not going to start a. We don't have anything to start a fire with. Good Indian hunters. <laughs> and we're laying there. And after a while, I just say, you know what? I'm not going to lay here all night because I'm cold. I'm not going to lay here all night. I'm going to take. We need to take our chances. And I looked up and I saw a light, and I thought, "Hallelujah, my brother has come to rescue us." And I started walking toward that light, started climbing up the up the uh, up the mountain, and I saw the light as Elliot, Elliot. Kept walking, I realized it was just the moon. I told you, good Indian hunters. What do you want to do? Do you want to turn back? You want to just rest? You want to wait till tomorrow morning? No, we got to keep walking. I take twenty steps. Boom! I hit the road. Hallelujah! I hit the road. I said, "Jacob, the road's up here." Hallelujah, Jacob, the road's up here. Listen, you will never be so happy to find the right road if you're lost. And I know sometimes we 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 think well, I can't share the gospel because those people don't want to hear the gospel. Those people will reject me. Those people I mean it'll be like it'll be like giving a kid broccoli for Christmas under the tree. I hope you giving the gospel to somebody this year is like a kid receiving broccoli under their tree. I hope so. Well, at least, at least I hope so. If it looks like this, just one moment. Open it. <laughs> yeah. this is gonna be your favorite present. What is it? <gasps> <laughs> <laughs> That's what happens when we think maybe broccoli is going to bum these people out. But there are some people, once they open up that gift of salvation, I know about you, I opened up that gift of salvation, I was jumping up and down. There are people, I believe, this year, they're going to jump up and down like like that little girl because the weight of sin has been lifted off their shoulders. And I just want you to imagine what it's going to be like this next year when that alcoholic neighbor is set free sitting across from you in church what's that going to feel like for you what's going to feel like when that person struggling with depression in your office comes to know the joy of the Lord what's going to feel like when that son or daughter that's bound by drugs or alcohol is set free it's going to make everyone in the house happy just like it made everyone in that house happy this morning stand with me I've gone way too long I know but hey that's what I do That's who I am. Bow your heads, let's pray. Father God, thank you. Thank you, Lord, for your word. And Lord, I pray today that as we prepare our hearts for this coming year, that we'd remember that Christmas is all about sharing the gospel. It's all about the fact that Jesus came to save sinners, for the Son of Man came to seek and save that which was lost. And I pray, Lord, that this year you would begin to speak to our hearts. And I want you to do three things. As our heads are about, our eyes are closed, I want you to do three things. Number one, think about that person right now. Ask God right now, God, show me somebody. Show me somebody, Lord, that needs you. Somebody that you're working on their hearts. Somebody that you want to save this next year. And then I want you to, I want you to ask the Lord, God, do you want me to go to that class? God, you want, me to, you want me to learn how to share my faith? And then this morning, I want us to believe together. Father, today, we agree together, forever, whoever that soul might be, that Lord, this next year, when we come here next year at this time, that Father God, we will, we will see so many people that have come into the kingdom, not transferred from another church, but come into the kingdom in a new way, Fresh souls, new believers born into the kingdom. Father, bless this church and help us today to be who you called us to be. And as our heads are bowed, our eyes are closed, nobody's looking around, my question is today, do you know Jesus as your Savior? This holiday season, don't let it pass without giving Jesus your heart, without calling upon the name of the Lord, because there's bad news. But along with that bad news, there's good news. Jesus came to set you free. If you're here and you need to give your life to Jesus, I want to pray a prayer with you real quick. The Bible says if we confess with our mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in our heart that he's been ra- raised from the dead, we shall be saved. And so today, if you need to give your heart to Jesus, I want you to pray this prayer with me. Jesus, come on, say it out loud. Jesus, forgive me, cleanse me, wash me. I repent of my sins. And I ask you to give me new life according to your word. I want to be born again. I want to be your child. I want to serve you and live for you the rest of my life. Love you, Jesus. Now help me to obey you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you for being patient with me today. I know I had a lot to share. Next week, what time? 3 o'clock and 4.30 on Saturday, and then we're gonna do something on Sunday morning with a video. God bless you, be dismissed today. Greet one another, love one another in Jesus' name. At Dream City Omaha, we're all about helping each other do three things. Discover Christ, recover identity, and uncover purpose. Please check out our past sermon series or online discipleship classes, and don't forget to hit subscribe and the bell for notifications on all of our latest videos.